0: Santa Barbara Theatre of the Air presents Nancy Kowalik and Don Stewart in First Love by Mary Shizgall. The time, late on a spring day. The place, Lucy Orkin's office on the ground floor of an East 79th Street townhouse in Manhattan. The office is decorated charmingly. Pine table as desk, swivel chair, armchair, sofa, coffee table, etc. There's a small refrigerator in a long cabinet on which are books, manuscripts, and files. Above the cabinet are shelves also packed with books, manuscripts, and framed photos. Lucy, an attractive, gym-fit young woman, is having a spirited conversation on the phone.
1: No, that's unacceptable. I don't know where you get your facts from, but my client's first book sold 17000 in hardback and 84000 in paper. His second book Yes, there were movie rights involved. An option was taken on it, and I have every reason to believe that this... Oliver, will you shut up for a minute? If you're not interested in the book, say so for crying out loud and stop wasting my time. We're talking here of an established writer who has given four years of his life to write... All right, you made your point. Now see if you can follow this. If you don't accept the terms I outlined in my Letter of the Third by close of day Friday... I'll consider it a pass and take it elsewhere. Yes? Uh, I'll take it, Adam. Why the call, Natasha? I thought I made myself perfectly clear. No, I don't want to represent you anymore. Don't? Natasha, there are other agents in town who'd be... No, you listen to me now. When I tell a client not to speak to anyone until I've completed negotiations, and that client proceeds to carry on behind my back, Natasha, you had no business speaking to his lawyer about anything. I've spent months bringing this deal to fruition, and you've managed to destroy it with a single telephone call. No, my advice to you is get yourself another agent. You're late, sweetheart. "'I've been thinking about you, too. "'No, I missed lunch. I'm having a bite now. "'I decided to go to Roxbury late Friday. "'Of course you're invited, but I have a load of work to do. "'I can't promise I'll have time. "'Oh, hold on. "'Yes, Adam? "'Adam, are you... "'Uh, no, no, I- I'll see him. Uh, "'But keep him out there a minute, and hold my calls. Schuyler. Well, this I can't believe. This is the most incredible. My ex-husband is in the reception office. What's so extraordinary? Darling, I haven't seen or spoken to the man. It'll be... Don't think too harshly of me. It'll be 20 years this June 9th. I have no idea what he's been doing. I heard he remarried and moved somewhere out west. He's here. He's coming, sweetheart. Yes, yes, I love you too. I'll talk to you later. Pray for me, sweetheart. <sighs> Come in. Mike? Mike Orton, Is that you?
2: Hello, Lucy. How's it been going?
1: Fine, but what
2: happened? I got married again.
1: I know that. I mean, your clothes, the shopping cart.
2: Oh, you mean my present situation?
1: You don't have to answer if it makes you feel uncomfortable. No,
2: no, it's okay. Uh, It's a long story, but to cut it short, I had a couple of bad breaks. Uh, I've been living on the streets for the past few years. I'm sorry. Oh, don't be. It's not a bad life. Especially in the fall when the leaves begin to change colors.
1: Then you're all right.
2: Oh, yeah, I'm doing okay. I don't expect to be on the streets much longer. I have, uh... Plenty of ideas about the future. I haven't been wasting my... You look beautiful, Lucy. It's hard to believe that we were both in the same bed together.
1: It is hard to believe, Mike. Do we have to talk about it?
2: You and my wife, we can't change history.
1: No, we can't. But we can change the subject.
2: Okay, you got it. Boy, this is something for the two of us to be together again after all these years. Uh, That reminds me, where do you cash in deposit bottles in this neighborhood? Deposit bottles? Uh, Yeah, I have a lot of deposit bottles and cans in this shopping cart. Uh, Do you know a store where I can cash them in?
1: Not personally, but I could ask my girlfriend, Marguerite. She works in the mayor's office.
2: No, forget it. I'll find out. Uh, Parenthetically, what are you doing with that empty Perrier bottle on your desk?
1: I haven't decided yet. Would you like me to decide now?
2: I'd appreciate it. Uh, Perrier is my favorite deposit bottle.
1: Then please be my guest
2: Thanks You know, you were always generous That was your basic nature, generosity
1: It was my basic nature What a sicko I was
2: Frankly, I don't remember much about our marriage But your generosity, that I remember Uh, Do you have any particular plans for that sandwich on your desk? Plans? I was wondering what you were going to do with it I was going
1: to eat it Oh Are you disappointed in me? It's your sandwich. Yes, it is. I bought it with my own credit card.
2: What kind of a sandwich is it?
1: Caviar and Vidalia onion.
2: Caviar and Vidalia onion? I love caviar and Vidalia onion. Caviar and Vidalia onion happens to be my favorite sandwich. That's incredible. Why is that incredible?
1: Caviar and Vidalia onion happens to be my favorite sandwich.
2: It is. It is. It is. You know what? 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 I also love tuna fish and beefsteak tomato. You do? You do? Do you? I'm crazy about tuna
1: fish and beefsteak tomato. In fact, I'm having tuna fish and beefsteak tomato for lunch tomorrow.
2: You are?
1: I are. I are.
2: Geez, unfortunately, I don't know if I'll be in the neighborhood tomorrow. In my line of business, you can't predict where you're going to be from one day to the next.
1: That is unfortunate. Mike, if I gave you the last half of my caviar and Vidalia onion sandwich, would you regret leaving me and marrying another woman?
2: It's your sandwich.
1: Go ahead. Take it. Let's call it a belated thank you for an uncontested divorce.
2: You're a saint, Luce. A genuine saint.
1: Oh, I'm not a saint. (laughs) You don't have to call me a saint. It's embarrassing. I'm just an ordinary, run-of-the-mill kind of girl who after her husband left her in the middle of the night without a note or a goodbye, went on to become very rich, very successful, and very, very happy. That's all I am.
2: You don't have to convince me. What you did, starting out from the bottom and building up your own literary agency, the biggest and the best in the city, that took some doing. It certainly did. I'm exceedingly proud to be your ex-husband. You certainly should be. It gives me goose pimples when I see the name Orkin in a newspaper or magazine.
1: How come you kept my name? Superstition, mostly. I started my career with the name Orkin. I didn't want my luck to change.
2: You want to hear something funny? I don't even remember how long ago it was when we broke up. Dates and anniversaries, they're all a blank to me. You walked out on me 20 years
1: ago. June 9th, to be precise The day after my birthday
2: It was that long ago, huh?
1: Yes, it was I had to hire a private investigator to find you So I could file for divorce
2: How do you like that? Twenty years Boy, time sure flies
1: Would you like a cup of herb tea?
2: What kind do you have?
1: Let me see Red zinger, sleepy time, chamomile, grandma's tummy mint, strawberry kiwi, and uh, mandarin orange.
2: Do you have decaf cinnamon apple spice?
1: No, I don't.
2: Thanks, anyway. But you have to be careful when it comes to herb teas. I mean, some of them have more caffeine than coffee. Incidentally, how long were we married?
1: Nine months and 14 days.
2: We weren't even married a year?
1: Nope, not even a year. I was only 18. You were 22.
2: I got married to you when I was 22?
1: That's right.
2: But what the hell was my hurry?
1: You said you loved me so much it hurt you. I said that? Mm-hmm. You also said you didn't want to set the world on fire. You just wanted to put a flame in my heart.
2: I can't believe I said those lines. I had a greater facility for language than that.
1: You said they were lyrics from a song your mother used to sing to you when you were a baby. Well, that's
2: possible. That's possible. But I still can't believe I got married when I was 22 years old. I, oh geez, you got a built-in refrigerator in here? I wonder what's in here. Hmm, this looks good. So anyway, what did I know about life, about love, about interpersonal relationships? Didn't my parents object to the marriage? I mean, didn't they raise any obstacles?
1: No, they approved. They were at the wedding.
2: Boy, my memory's like a sieve. Where did we have the wedding? At
1: Bill and Jane Roberts' apartment on Barrow Street. We had about 50 guests.
2: Did we get any presents?
1: A coffee maker, a bone handle carving set, a wooden pair of bookends, and $1,247 in cash.
2: Wow. That's not bad. Not bad at all. What did we do with all that money?
1: We spent it. Every penny on our honeymoon. We went to Mexico and had three marvelous weeks there.
2: Good for us. Mm, this is delicious. Did you did you make it? What is it, chopped herring? Mike. It's positively the best appetizer. Mike, I
1: don't want to upset you, but you're eating Juliet's dinner.
2: Mm, who's Juliet?
1: My cat. <laughs> Do you remember where we met, Mike?
2: Uh Sorry, it's all a blank to me.
1: I was going to NYU. And one afternoon, I was sitting on a bench in Washington Square Park, reading a book on existentialism. You sat down next to me. We talked about the book. You knew the writings of Camus, Sard, Heidegger, Kierkegaard. I was spellbound, and you were brilliant.
2: I was probably showing off.
1: You told me you were writing your first novel, and we talked and talked... And soon we were telling each other our deepest, darkest secrets, our most private, private thoughts, for hours and hours, far into the night and into the next day and the next. And a week later, I moved in with you, and two months
2: later, we were married. It sounds romantic. It was, while it lasted. Why did we break up, Luce? What went wrong?
1: You drank a great deal, then. Are you still drinking?
2: No more. After I became homeless, I finally got smart. I haven't had any booze in over a year.
1: Good for you. Anyway, you were drinking, and you were having trouble writing your novel, and we started fighting.
2: There was a lot of pressure on me with that novel.
1: Quarreling, and it was horrible. That's when I got a job at Curtis Brown, thanks to you. But you resented my being in the publishing business. You accused me of being too ambitious, too greedy, too... Whatever. And there was something else. All of a sudden, you wanted us to have kids.
2: That I remember. A family I wanted. And I wanted to get out of the city, live someplace where you could breathe fresh air and look out the window at snow-capped mountains.
1: And I wanted the exact opposite. The city, a career, a weekend place in Connecticut. And I have it, Mike. I have it all now.
2: You did better than I did, except I have three kids. Two boys and a girl.
1: That's wonderful. I'm glad for
2: you. Where did you end up living? Oregon. Outside Portland. Beautiful country. A lot of mountains up there. A lot of mountains. You can't walk half a mile without bumping into a mountain. Did you finish the novel? Nope, I dropped it. Everybody was expecting me to write some kind of a masterpiece. I used to get sick over it. Besides... After I got married, I started having a few new problems. I couldn't keep a job. My wife, my ex wife now, she married a police officer a while back. The two of us never hit it off. I don't laugh, but I came to the conclusion that I wasn't made for living in the country. I couldn't stand looking at those mountains anymore, so I took to the road again. You are right, Lucy, that city is the only decent place to live for people like us. Did you ever remarry?
1: If there are no surprises, I'll be married this summer.
2: Well, that's great. Congratulations. What does the guy do? He's a producer. Broadway musicals mostly. Well, couldn't you do any better than that? I mean, those Broadway musicals are the worst garbage. Stop that thing.
1: now. You don't know anything about it. Schuyler Nitzberg is an enormously successful and respected. One
2: second, one second. What did you say his name was?
1: Schuyler Nitzberg.
2: His mother gave him that name?
1: Mike, I'm warning you. You better drop okay, this Okay, medi-
2: okay, that's his problem. <laughs> is this him with you uh, in that picture on your desk? Yes, it is. I bear him no ill will, Luce. I sincerely wish you two the best of everything. Maybe it's wrong of me to say this as a homeless person, but a striped regimental tie does not go with a Glen plaid suit. I'm sorry, they do not go together. It's grotesquerie.
1: I'll tell him of your sartorial criticism when I see him. I'm sure he'll take it to heart.
2: Well, I'll admit he's a pretty good-looking man. Although he does look pretty young to me, I'd say he's...
1: Twenty-seven.
2: Little... You are marrying a man of 27 years of age? Aren't you ashamed of yourself?
1: Mike, if you continue... I'll in just this say fact... this
2: and I'm finished. You
1: will be, I guarantee When you're
2: 90 years of age... Michael, I'm warning You'll be you. married to a kid of 78. I'm sorry, it's abnormal.
1: All right, that's it. If you came by to say hello, you've said it. I have a lot of work to do.
2: Well, I knew we'd get to this sooner or later. Okay. I did come up for a reason. I... Lucy, I want you to be my agent. Represent me. Get me a contract with a publisher. A
1: contract for what?
2: A book. The story of my life. Are you serious? I couldn't write fiction, but I know I can write nonfiction, Especially about my own life. I'll need... At least $5,000 in advance, an assistant for research, and an office to work in.
1: I don't think you have now, any idea... I,
2: I, I could do it for less. Let's say That's maybe... not
1: the point. It's not practical.
2: Luce, this isn't a vanity project. My life has been filled with an unbelievable number of adventures and events and relationships. There are things I've experienced, things I've seen. Poverty as a kid in Brooklyn. Hitchhiking across country when I was 17. Working as a dishwasher in Miami sleeping in bus depots and train stations, pushing a hand truck in the garment district during the day and going to city college during the night. Mike, that's enough. No, I, I, I... I didn't even reach describing the years I spent as a homeless person, which are filled with innumerable adventures and...
1: Mike, that's enough.
2: You have to be flexible here, Luce. This book is important to me.
1: I'll give you the money you need to get started. But as for being your agent, the answer has to be no.
2: Can't you at least...
1: Please don't ask. I'm asking,
2: what the hell is the big deal about it?
1: If you want me to spell it out for you, I will. I don't handle unpublished authors, be they former husbands or not. And frankly, you have no credibility as a writer. End of discussion.
2: You're still angry with me for walking out on you. That's why you're turning me down. That's ludicrous.
1: For your information, I don't permit my emotions to interfere with my business decisions.
2: Have you become so hard, so tough, that you can treat me as if I were a stranger?
1: Does that surprise you? Do you think you're more than a stranger to me? And as for becoming hard and tough, yes, that I will attribute to your walking out on me. I had to change to survive, to feed and clothe myself... I took a pathetically naive young girl and made her into what you see in front of you today. A woman who is, to use your own words, too ambitious, too greedy to be tolerant of anyone's betrayal. Adam, I told you... Who? All right, I'll take it. And you can put through my other calls now. I've just finished my meeting with Mr. Orkin. Don't you dare say a single word to me, Guido. I told you. No, not true. I specifically told you not to show Kogan's book to anyone. That obviously included TV networks, and... I'm not interested. The deal is dead. Kaput! Mike, it was naive of you to walk in after so many years and expect a cordial welcome. You'll have to forgive me. I do have a lot to do.
2: Yeah, so do I. I have uh, plenty to do myself. I have to go. You'll uh, have to excuse me.
1: Will you let me loan you some money?
2: It's not necessary. No, I'm fine. Thanks anyway. Who knows? Maybe I'll see you around again. But uh, if I don't, uh, my best wishes and stay healthy. Michael? Are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. Incidentally, You weren't 18 when we were married. You were 20. And I wasn't 22. I was close to 25. And we weren't married for 9 months and 14 days. I left you on June 29th, not June 9th. So we were married 10 months and 4 days. And we didn't get $1,247 in cash for our wedding. We got $1,207 in cash. Unless you held back $40. Hasta la vista.
1: He just left, sweetheart. It was... I'm still in a state of shock. He's living on the streets. I am not kidding. Why would I... That's right, a homeless person. He has a shopping cart that he seems inordinately fond of. And he collects deposit bottles. For the deposits, what else? I'm sorry, dear, I didn't mean to shout. I'm so rattled. Can you imagine what it's like having your ex-husband walk into your office pushing a shopping cart and wearing a Los Angeles baseball cap? Yes, Los Angeles! May I ask you a question, dear? Why did your mother name you Skylar? Did she think it went with Knitsberg? No, no, I'm not saying your mother is incompetent. I'm just curious. Forget it, forget it. Oh, I'd love to meet you for a drink. I'll leave in five minutes. At the Monkey Bar, yes. I won't be late. Oh, phone before you leave the office. Love you too. Adam, is Mr. Orkin still out there? Ah, send him in. No calls. Come in.
2: Did you want to see me?
1: Yes, I've been thinking. Perhaps I do owe you more of an explanation. I may be tough, Mike, but I'm not rude. Sit down, please. Publishing ain't what it used to be. It's all done by the numbers now. How many copies did the writer's last book sell? And to what degree is the writer known to the public by dint of murder, mayhem, or sexual perversion? It has nothing to do with the book's prose,
2: content, or originality. I didn't come to put you through any trouble.
1: I'd represent you. I would. But I believe it would be impossible to find a publisher for you.
2: I know this sounds naive, but once in a while they do publish new writers. Of
1: course. It happens so rarely, though.
2: I have lived an extraordinary life. I personally traveled to some of the least explored areas in Northern California, Oregon, and Washington State. I've had relationships with a multiplicity of individuals, each relationship a story unto itself. And I have lived deeply and profoundly one particular story, a love story that haunts me every day I walk on this earth. Mike. Now, why don't you let me finish?
1: I would, but I do have Well How come you
2: didn't ask me why I left you? Why I walked out in the middle of the night without leaving a note or even saying goodbye, don't you want to know?
1: I did, for many years. There's no curiosity left Look, in if I
2: thought an apology for anything I did would make it right with you... When I, I woke apo- up
1: that morning, and you weren't in the apartment, I thought you must have gone down to buy croissant or those delicious cinnamon sweet rolls we used to like. So I decided while you were gone to prepare for you the most splendiferous breakfast in the whole wide world. "'So I put out the eggs and the butter and the bacon. "'And you have to believe me, Mike. "'I prepared for you the most extravagant, "'the most absolutely splendiferous breakfast "'conceived by the human imagination. "'But what's going on here? "'You were nowhere in sight. "'You were tardy, late, delinquent. "'The king is lost in the realm. "'Did you not go to the bakery? "'I looked in the closet.' There were your clothes, the one suit, the one baseball jacket, the sweater, the pairs of pants, one brown, one blue. What is going on here? An hour gone by, an hour and ten minutes, an hour and twenty minutes, an hour and... What could possibly have happened to that man? Oh, heavens to Betsy, this is a frightening occurrence. I ran out towards the West Side Highway. I ran into the bakery and the stores we shopped at did you perchance see my husband was my husband in here oh you know my husband don't you the dark haired handsome man with the eyes that sparkle and a smile that could break your heart did you perchance see him "'No, no, we didn't see him. "'We know your husband, Mrs. Orkin. "'Oh, he's the best. "'He's the tops. "'He was in here yesterday and sang for us Cajolita Manina," and he was so funny "'he had us all in stitches. "'He had us doubled over with cramps. "'Oh, we wouldn't forget it if we saw "'your husband, Mrs. Orkin. "'There's no one like him. "'No one in the whole wide world.'
2: I was a boozer, a drunk. I had no control... Don't you tell me that. Don't you dare excuse your behavior.
1: That is unforgivable. That I will not allow you. I will not. I will not. No, I will not allow you.
2: I... had no control over myself. What I did or how I acted, not because I was a drunk. It wasn't that. I was afraid, loose, panic-stricken, not conscious of any feelings except self-disgust. I couldn't live with you anymore. I couldn't look at you, be with you, share anything with you. We were terminally incompatible. You were so energetic, so filled with your marriage, me, your career, your friends, your future. The sun was always out for you. Even at midnight, it reflected in your eyes so that I couldn't look at him without turning away. Bill Roberts said to me, she's got it, Mike. In five years, she'll be one of the hottest agents in the city. There's no one around like her. There wasn't, I knew it. And I never loved you as much as when I left you. But I had to go. It wasn't anything I planned. I had no control, Loose. I just ran in panic. I ran out the door and I said to myself... I'll die before I come back here. I'll die, I swear. Because the uh, the alternative to leaving was staying, was having you look at me, watch me, see me with your sun-filled eyes and be humiliated by my insurmountable deficiencies, by my irreversible failures. But I... I never really left you, never. A day of my life hasn't passed without... Me touching your hair, smelling the fragrance of your body. Feeling you close to me.
1: Is that the love story you want to write?
2: It's the only one I know.
1: Why won't you borrow some money from me? I can't. Then I guess I'll just have to be your agent and try my damnedest to get someone interested in your book.
2: That's all I ask.
1: How long have you been in the city?
2: Three, four months.
1: What brought you here today?
2: Good question.
1: Is there an answer? Mike? What brought you here today?
2: I had an unexpected discovery. What was it? It's not anything. A couple of days ago, I found this bump under my arm. I went to the clinic at St. Clair's this morning. I have an appointment to go back tomorrow. For a biopsy? It's no big deal. I just. I just wanted to see you about my book. Sit here on the
1: sofa by me, Mike. It is nice seeing you again, Mr. Orkin.
2: I'm glad to be with you again, Mrs. Orkin.
1: Do you remember our honeymoon in Mexico? Oaxaca. What do you remember about it?
2: We were together. We were young. And? What?
1: Everybody was in love with us.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Even the donkeys
1: especially the donkeys.
2: We had fun, didn't we?
1: More fun than I let myself remember.
2: I... I never wanted to hurt you.
1: I know. By the way, I just thought of an editor at Harper Collins who'd be interested in your book. It's not going to be a problem. And you were right. The bump under your arm... It's no big deal. They do a biopsy on everything nowadays. There's no reason to worry.
2: I'm not worried. If it was serious, they wouldn't have been so casual about it.
1: Of course not.
2: They would have taken a biopsy right then and there. They would have kept me for observation.
1: Absolutely. They're not inhuman.
2: I am tired, Lucy. I do feel tired.
1: When was the last time you had a good night's sleep?
2: hmm? It's hard to sleep in a shelter. There's always something going on there.
1: Then why are you surprised you're tired? Come on, take off your shoes. You'll nap for an hour and you'll feel a thousand percent better. Well, go ahead, take them off. I don't have all night. I'm supposed to be meeting someone right now for a drink. I don't even know what I'm doing here. Come on, now your jacket. But You don't expect to be comfortable sleeping in your jacket, do you? You really have let yourself go to pot. I don't understand how you could have. You'll have an office here. I'll arrange for you to meet the applicant so you can choose your own secretary. Don't think having me for an agent is going to be a picnic. (laughs) You don't know how really tough I can be. You'll probably be sorry you ever came. Well, go ahead. Lie down. What are you waiting for?
2: My life will make a good book, won't it?
1: Your life will make a terrific book. You haven't lived one life; you've lived ten lives. Just focus on what brought you back to writing after spending years as a homeless person. That's the stuff that makes for bestsellers.
2: Thanks, Luz, for your support and for being such a generous person.
1: That's my nature. Move over, old man. I'm getting tired, too.
0: You have heard First Love by Murray Shizgall. Lucy was played by Nancy Kowalik. Mike by Don Stewart. First Love was produced and directed by your host, William Smithers. Recorded at the production room, Santa Barbara, California. Post-production, Lars Nelson. This has been a production of KCSB and the Santa Barbara Theater of the Year.